For NFT newbies and OGs in Web3 alike, welcome to the Women in Web3 podcast sponsored by Weld Recruiting. I'm your host, Carly Long, and I'm super excited to help break down the barriers to entry in the space and introduce you to some leaders who are doing truly amazing things. So let's dive in. Welcome. Today we have Emily here on Women 3.0. She is a renaissance woman in Web3 and NFTs. She does research. She collects them. Uh, she's got an art background herself. Uh, so Emily, I'll, I'll let you do the full intro. Tell us what you're working on, how you got into Web3, um, and, and what it's been like for you. Tell us about your journey. Hey, Carly. Thanks. So I started out on my Web3 journey um, back in March of 2020. And um, like many people, lost my job um, right when the pandemic started. I had to relocate um, across the country from New York City. And I started buying cryptocurrency because I had heard that it was a good way to basically save and um, hold hold assets that will appreciate. So that's what I started doing. I just kind of gave it a whirl. Um, and uh, six months later, I got into NFTs because the little bit of money that I had put into crypto had um, probably like three or four X at that point. Um, I'm not sure exactly how much it had appreciated, but I really saw how I could just put a little bit of money in and it would, you know, the market was just going up. So um, my first foray into NFTs was CryptoKitties. And that's what I, uh, I started out with. Um, I minted probably about 30 or 40 CryptoKitties in a weekend. And um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with the crypto kitties, but you have to like combine certain traits to get the valuable cats. And there's certain recipes that you can like search for. And it's like all, it's very gamified and it can be really addicting. So um, I was lucky in, in that weekend that I was minting I minted an extremely rare crypto kitty and I sold it shortly after for um for Ethereum, which at the time was six thousand dollars. Um, I think for Ethereum. What did you buy it for? And and just for for the newcomers out there, like so minting, that just means you're buying it, right? You're buying the the, the NFT with Ethereum. So um, it's a little minting is a little bit different from just buying. Um, minting is when you essentially create a new NFT from from the code that they have in place there. So um, it's it's actually not that complicated, but it's hard to explain. Um, but they have like a series of asset or um, traits and when you mint you're creating a new crypto kitty that's never been minted before and uh so it's it's a unique um 
asset that's on the blockchain. So that's what minting means. Um, when you buy your, you know, I, I would, I'm just, um, I'm differentiating buying from minting because buying is like, you go on there and you buy something that's already minted. Does that, yeah. Okay. That's definitely, that's definitely helpful. Um, so like I, I was given, uh, I guess it's a token. Um, and I was told that I will be able to mint the NFT soon in coming months. So that, that explains the difference there, which, which is awesome. And so when you were minting the, this crypto kitty, how much would you say, um, Ethereum did you have to put in to then sell it for for ETH trying to just get at like how much can you make flipping them because it it sounds super lucrative yeah so I wouldn't um I wouldn't try to make money minting crypto kitties today because of the gas I haven't done it in a while but just to back up and explain um this was October of 2020 and um so to mint a crypto kitty at that time, you basically just had to buy one uh, crypto kitty and then uh, breed it with another crypto kitty. And the cost for that was really only like however much it cost for your base cat, like $5 or something. Um, and then a gas fee, which at the time was maybe like, two to three dollars um now you'd be spending probably a lot more on a gas fee for crypto kitty um i haven't done it in a while because of that um but it's a it's an interesting process so my cost was really pretty low um at the time Hi, everyone. We are back with Emily on Women 3.0. We admittedly have had some technical difficulties, but that's real life. We like to keep it real here, like to keep it transparent. So we are picking up. Emily, tell us a little bit about what you're up to nowadays in Web3 NFTs. Uh, what's, what's on your plate? How are you spending your days? Yeah, so... Um... I'm actually working on launching a, an NFT project now currently, and that is taking up most of my time. Um, I wasn't planning to launch a project, but someone approached me and I was really excited about the idea and we've been able to put a team together. So it's kind of a, it's been an exciting process and it feels like things are just coming together. So, um, yeah. That's awesome. How do you go about building your team um, with with NFTs and Web three and everything being so new? Um, I feel like you're kind of, you're kind of a leader in it. I see you everywhere on LinkedIn. Uh, do you look more for people who you know have knowledge in the space, or is it more translatable skills? Yeah, um, it's definitely important to have people who are familiar with the space. And um, for me, we've been really lucky to bring someone on our team who has launched a project before successfully. Um, and I don't want to talk about 
who they are yet because we haven't publicly announced, but um, I'm, I'm feeling pretty positive about that. So we've got a community manager, which is um, a really, really important part of the team. Um, and we've got a Solidity developer who has launched several projects. And um, I found the developer through a reference. Um, a, we have a mutual connection that I trust. Um, and it's really important that you know who your developer is, meaning um, it can really help for them to be doxxed because they they hold the keys to your whole smart contract and essentially the money that you'll be bringing in through the Mint. So um, it's really important that you trust that person. Um, and there's just so many things that can happen along the way. Um, I've just participated in a lot of mints as a collector and because it's such a new space, there's so many factors that could go wrong and they do go wrong. And, um, there can be a lot of, uh, FUD for lack of a better word. I don't know if you're familiar with that term. I'm not. And I was going to ask you to clarify docs too. That means just that they're, they're out in the open public eye, you know, they have put their name and face out there. Is that correct? Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, you want to know that they are a legitimately a, a person. I mean, obviously they are a person, but you, uh, it's not desirable to work with anonymous developers. Yeah. Um, at least at this point, like I think in the future, there may be um, things may change that will make it safe to work with anonymous people. And there are people, there are um, anonymous project leads um, like dead fellas. Uh, they're pretty well known um, undoxed. Um, but they, the, sorry. The board apes were for a while too, right? Yeah. And I think it, the decision to do that is really just more for their personal privacy. Um, and, you know, they've really spent a lot of time and and um, commitment. Uh, uh, I mean, the Bored Apes and, and the Deadfellas team have really shown that they're really committed to their projects. So it's it's not the same as, um, you know, a, a potentially risky, like scammy situation. Um, but things are changing and I would just be really careful, you know, um, either minting or buying from projects that are undoxed. If you're not really familiar with the space, I guess that's the easiest way to put it. It's not to yeah. say that, not to say that all undoxed people are are going to, you know, scam you um, because it's not the case, but just, you know. So what about FUD? Yeah, so FUD is short for fear, uncertainty, and doubt. 
So been feeling a lot of that since I started diving into <laughs> NFTs. Yeah, most, mostly the uh, doubt I would say that creeps in. So yeah, can continue on with that, and then also I'd love to know how how you address the fud. Yeah, so um, fud it comes up in almost every project, um, and it's always over some issue about the floor price um, or when the developer launches a contract to mint or deploys the contract to mint. Um, there can be a lot of issues there. People get, um, they get run out of minting because of a high gas price. Um, and usually it's because the developer hasn't properly written that into the contract. Um, I mean, these are all like kind of technical things I don't know too much about, but yeah. I, you know, just kind of like vaguely, I understand that, um, the developers write the contracts and they, they estimate the gas fees. And if it's not correct, um, a lot of people don't get to mint and then there's, you know, what they call gas wars, I don't know if you're familiar with that, but I have not heard of that either. Where, uh, so take me through a gas war, and then also I'd love to know where where have you done the most learning um, to get familiar with the acronyms, uh, just all the different steps it you know would take to launch a collection. Is it Twitter, Discord? Is it Googling, watching YouTube videos? <laughs> For someone who wants to dive in, like where's a good place to start? Sure. So I would say, um, so first of all, the gas wars. Um, so when you mint, when a project is being minted, um, you have to pay a certain gas price to have the transaction go through because there are miners who verify each of these transactions. And it's really like kind of complicated and I don't understand all that fully, but um, a lot of gas wars happen when a contract is deployed for an NFT project to mint and there's the demand is way too high. So a lot of people, you know, like say people with wallets with a lot of Ethereum, you know, they can afford an extremely high gas price to put the transaction through. Um, but someone, you know, who has like, um, you know, a limited amount of Ethereum and they, they're being very like conscious of their budget. Um, maybe they can't afford, um, a high gas fee. Uh, they're, they're not going to be able to put their transaction through. Um, and I would say like a pretty typical price for, a gas fee for minting could be upwards of like one or $200. Um, so, you know, gas wars happen because of this and the little guys can kind of get beat out from minting, like a minting opportunity. Um, so luckily, like usually if everything goes well, you don't have that. Um, but earlier on, especially if the team and the, and the developers didn't really um, plan things out well, like maybe they allowed like 20 watt or maybe they allow 
people to mint like 20 NFTs per wallet or something um, that drives up the gas price. So I've seen that happen a lot. Um, so hopefully that answers your question and not, you know, isn't too confusing. Um, Definitely. I, I am able to follow (laughs) and I have a very base understanding right now, but uh, for anyone listening, if, if, you're still a little bit confused. Um, Emily will take us through how she started learning and where you can go as well. <laughs> yeah, that's good. So I started, like I said, I, I started out with Crypto Kitties. Um, I saw how successful, you know, just a weekend of minting was for me. Um, I think I got really lucky though. I don't think it's that easy to mint a a rare cat, a rare kitty. Um, I sold that cat for, for Ethereum, which at the time was $6,000. So that was like when ETH was, you know, under, uh, I think it was like $1,800. I don't know. My math might not not be great. Um, (laughs) math's never my strong suit either. So I won't correct you on it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so then I realized you know, I spent very little investing in this crypto kitty, um, you know, endeavor. I realized I turned that around for, you know, $6,000 at the time. So I started researching um, NFTs a lot more. I got on Twitter and I was really cautious about it. You know, I didn't buy any more NFTs for a little while. Um, I think the first project that I got involved with was EtherCards, which is a pretty good um, project. Actually, it's taken them a while to get going because they're they're building a a platform. Um, but that's where I first got into Discord, um, and I I minted a few more of their uh, I minted a few more NFTs. They were. Um, the ether cards. Um, and I, um, from there started getting into about a bunch of other communities. So I went into, um, I'm trying to think what else. Oh, I minted a me bit. I'm not sure if you're familiar with the me bits. I haven't heard of them. Okay. So, um, you the you've heard of crypto punks right yes okay so um me bits were sort of like the companion collection to crypto punks and larva labs is the the company that launched both of them so i think it was like april march or april they they launched the me bits mint and I minted one of those. It was kind of a high mint price. Um, you know, like looking back after I've, you know, I've become a lot more experienced in like what you should uh, expect when you're minting and what's acceptable. And I minted a Mebit for like 2.5 Ethereum, which that's a lot for, for a mint. But um they already, you know, Larva Labs already had CryptoPunks, you know, they have a history of like, you know, blue chip, uh, 
you know, that sort of thing up to that point. Mm -hmm. So I thought that it was probably a good investment and it, it turned out to be. So, um, I minted it. I had to wait several months, but then I, I ended up selling it, uh, for 4.5 ETH. And that's when I decided I wanted to get into the board API club community because I just saw how active their community was. So I, I essentially sold my Mebit and traded it for a mutant ape, which was around the same price. And, um, I just, I saw the opportunity and I, I jumped on it and, you know, before all of this also, like I had also been buying and trading a bunch of other NFTs. Some of them were duds, you know, um, some of them I made like a quick buck on them, but I really, at some point, um, at the end of last summer when the NFT market just all of a sudden just screeched to a halt. I decided that I was going to really put more effort into researching my buys. Um, and so far, um, I've done a much better job. Um, like I said, I got the meat, I got the, uh, mutant ape. So, um, that the floor of mutant apes is now up to 20 ETH, which is, wow. Yeah, so that's that's been a pretty good um, ROI. Um, I would say for sure. I love I love your transparency about you know what you paid for it. Of course, that that's kind of the whole nature of blockchain, right? And NFTs, like you can go and see the whole whole history of something. Um, can you share a little bit about all all of your knowledge with um, you know, buying something, minting the kitties, then getting something as coveted as a, a mutant ape, um, you know, having success and getting ROI from them. How is this all kind of like tying together and feeding together into your project um, that you're working on now? Um, yeah, so I guess I've just learned a lot along the way. And I know as a collector, what I, what I expect from a project that I'm going to invest in. So I, I plan to do the best that I can, you know, by, you know, when, when I launch my project, um, and I've made the best effort that I can to put together a, a team that I think will be really successful um, we're all really passionate about the idea and, um, and we have a really good understanding of the space. So, um, so yeah, I mean, that's kind of my angle on it right now. What I was getting at, I've heard from so many people and I've, I've seen, I've observed myself, um, the level of commitment that is involved in putting together, launching and running a project you know, like putting together a team and launching it and having it sell out is probably the easiest part of the whole uh, um, aspect of doing an NFT project because it's sort of like, you're, I mean, it is essentially like a startup business and you have direct 
access or uh, you have sort of like a direct channel to everyone who's supporting you, meaning like the people who buy your NFTs. Um, so you really want to make sure that you give back value um, because like I said, there can be a lot of FUD. Um, Definitely. And from what I've heard, it's like when you launch these projects, you really at that point sort of lose all of your free time, um, which, you know, if you're used to being an NFT degen, it's like, that's what you do anyway. You know, even when I'm like spending my free time, I'm opening up my phone and, you know, yeah. Um, it's a lifestyle. Mm hmm. So it's come together really naturally. And I think, um, you know, I'm up for the challenge and it's not just me. I've got a really good team. So that's why I'm doing it. And uh, I also think that we can bring something new to the market. So I'm excited about it. Awesome. Well, Emily, thank you so much for coming on today. I definitely want to check in when you're closer to... Uh, releasing all the awesome details about your project your collection um so i'm excited to uh keep in touch yeah thanks i really enjoyed talking thank you all so much for listening today if you enjoyed today's guest and podcast be sure to write subscribe comment all the things and definitely get in touch. I love to connect with y'all. I love to hear what you're working on, any feedback or comments. If you want to meet a guest, if you want to be a guest, just reach out. You can find me, your host, Carly Long, at by Carly Long on all social media platforms. You can subscribe to my weekly newsletter, which is also Women in Web 3, and you can follow along at Weld Recruiting. Be sure to let us know however we can support you, and we look forward to our next episode.